school. She started out of the kitchen. Aren't you going to eat something? Ginger got up and opened the refrigerator. What about a clementine? I'll pick up a bagel on the way. Not a great choice, but Ginger let it go. Jules, she said to her daughter's back. We're having a family meeting tonight, eight o'clock. Jules, did you hear me? Julia left the room and the front door slammed. She heard you, Richard said. She nodded. I saw it. She'll be here. Ginger shook her head. I don't think so. Being right was not always fun. That's what Ginger was thinking right before Julia finally came home at 11 o'clock. Nick was right behind her. Ginger stood up. Sorry, she told the boy. You have to go home. We're having a family meeting. You can stay if you want, Julia told him. That's okay, Nick said. I'll go. Julia saw him out. Their goodbye took ten minutes. When she came back, she sank into the couch. Let the lecture begin. We're not here to lecture you, Richard said. I want to apologize, Ginger took over. I should have told you about my brother and the accident and my sister. I have no excuse. I was wrong. As if she needed to underline how much she didn't care, Julia let her neck go limp. Her daughter looked like a marionette on break. Ginger took a breath and reminded herself that there were scientific studies showing people in comas could hear what was being said around them. Surely, if a coma victim could hear, so could an oppositional teenager. She continued the conversation, now directing her words to the top of her daughter's head. In my family, growing up, there were things we just didn't talk about. Julia snorted, and Ginger pretended she didn't hear it. There are things that are still hard for me to talk about. But I'm here now. Happy to answer any questions you have. Everything is fair game. She waited, but got no response. Even a snort would have been better than this. Silence. Hello? Julia sat up and met her mother's eyes. You don't get it. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to be living here much longer, so I don't care. Are we done? I have a chem test tomorrow. I need to study. Then why were you out till 11? Ginger looked over at Richard, hoping for help. Go, he said. Go study. Thanks, Dad. Julia ran upstairs and closed her door before her mother could veto the pardon. Ginger shook her head. That was not helpful. She whispered the next. She's changed. Something's different. Could it be drugs? Behavior change is a big warning sign for drugs. I don't think so. Richard reached over and moved Ginger's hair away from her eyes. Can you take a vacation from worrying about her? For one week? Just try it. See what happens. Because, he motioned to the space between Ginger and Julia upstairs, this isn't working. Ginger might have taken offense at the implication that Julia's behavior was her fault. 
except that Richard looked so sad. So she took the dare, a vacation from worrying for a week, meaning for one week she didn't say a single worry out loud. At the end of the week, when Richard said, Success! You didn't worry and nothing bad happened. She smiled back, relieved to see him look so happy. But on Monday morning, first day at work after a week of not worrying, Ginger got a bad news call from her friend Lydia, the nurse at the high school, about one of her favorite students. They weren't supposed to have favorite students, but all the nurses did. A boy, a 16-year-old, had gone to the hospital over the weekend after accidentally swallowing his magnetic tongue ring. They got the magnet out, Lydia told her, but they had to cut open his intestines. Poor kid almost died. No magnetic tongue.